Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you your family and work can thrive. My name's Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash book. So on today's show, I'm interviewing the beautiful Anger Herman, passion, business coach. She is a friend and a colleague and someone who I reached out to about two and a half years ago now when I found out that she was actually making flamenco dresses down in Granada. And I was very curious about her from the outset just because of her trajectory and also because of her passion for flamenco. And over the last two years, I've seen her going from doing the flamenco dresses into being someone who is constantly on social media and doing amazing videos, adding amazing value and helping people find the business that they're passionate about. So today we pick the topic that's very close to my heart, which is all about people pleasing and how that can affect us in business as well as in life. And she shares her story, how that part of her came out and how it was transformed. So if you are a people pleaser and you love to please people, but you also find it very detrimental to you. In other words, uh, your boundaries aren't so great and you end up regretting saying yes when you mean no, then this is going to be a great episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. And on today's show, I have Anka Herman. Now, Anka is someone who I met in Granada, but she was already in the community that I that I'm part of. And and I just immediately loved her her energy. And she is a coach and she works with business owners. And today we thought we would pick the um, topic of people pleasing, because I know that this is a, a topic for for us mums and, and women in general. It's something that I think a lot of us carry in our psyche. And I just really wanted to explore this with her and she was totally up for it. So welcome, Anke. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on your lovely podcast. I'm a keen listener. So welcome. So where would you like to begin with this, actually? What, What kind of feels most pertinent for you to talk about in terms of people pleasing? Well, I think I'd love to give a, a little bit of context of why that topic is even relevant, like right. to me, and why I would love to 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 bring it bring it to the mm-hmm. to the table, basically, because it was that very thing that almost got me to throw in my business. Like it was really, literally, the thing that pushed me to the edge of or over the edge of burnout or whatever it was. But then, as always, those moments in hindsight, that was back in 2012, like looking back, you think, obviously, I needed that, you know, like face in the dirt moment for all the things that have happened since and all the things 
all the ways I've grown and evolved and the things, the way, the stuff I've been able to create wouldn't have been possible without the insights following that moment. What really struck me about it was how slowly it crept up on me. Like it wasn't something that I was even aware of that that, that was an issue. Because when I'm thinking, when I look back, I'd always been a people pleaser. Like it was always my, like my mum would say, you're people like, you, you know, your friend, your default answer is always yes. And your friends, people take advantage of you. And that was like when I was 10 or something, mm-hmm. you know, and I never even felt taken advantage of. And, you know, I, 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 I just didn't, didn't have a problem with it. You know, like I was happy to something, you know, if I can meet you wherever, well, fine. You know, I just didn't have, have that sense that that was something that impacted me in some way. It was all great until I moved to Spain and started my own business. And the combination of the two, I think, brought up sort of, it it brought to light that there was something that, that was worth, worth looking at because basically I started a sewing business and I started to have clients and, you know, and before you know it, people would go, you know, I don't have time to come and pick up the dress. Could you bring it up to the, to the tableau, you know, tonight? Oh, not a problem. You know, the next one goes, oh, I can't come for a fitting, you know, can you bring it to the school where I'm at? Oh, not a problem. You know, and that and that really isn't a problem when you have three clients, but when you have ten or fifteen projects going on at the same time, there's the slowly that sense of, you know, you're being pulled in all different directions. And then there was the sense like I'd said yes to one and I'd said yes to the other, and now I can't say no to the third one who already expects that level of service. You know, and, and it was really that slowly over over years, literally over years, the pressure would build up. And I didn't even know it. it was this little, you know how they always say with that, I don't know whether it's even true and it sounds cruel, but when you put a frog in cold water and slowly heat up the water, they won't know hmm. that they're boiling. And that was really what happened until it was like almost too late. And it wasn't until, yeah, I'd really had this extreme moment of, you know, a project where in the end I didn't sleep for four days and three nights to get these bloody dresses finished. You know, and that was really the moment where I was like, you know, and I was like at the very end. You'd, you'd bump into me in the street, you know, where we would walk and people, hey, how are you? And I'd burst into tears, you know, like there'd be cold sores on both sides of my mouth and it was just, you know, skinny as hell and, and it just wasn't funny, you know. And, I, and that was really the moment when I thought, is this what I signed up for? Is this what I've created? I, I just don't, I just don't want it, you know. And that was really the moment when I started to, well, I was really to look at what on earth is going on here. How could I even get to this stage when it all had started so inspired and so creative and so, you know, lovely. And then I started asking some different questions. And I, I, I soon realized that I totally misunderstood. And that's when I basically decided, well, okay, if living my dream, if that's what that is, I really don't want it. I'm really not interested. And so I said, I then said, well, you know, and my first question was like, 
well, it was basically saying, God, I hate all my clients. You know, they cause all that pressure and, and they drive me mad and they're basically out to make my life miserable. And then I thought, well, actually, that isn't quite true because there are clients that are really lovely and there are projects I love working on. And, and then I was like, okay, who, who are these clients? Who, and I, I thought, well, the ones that I really like, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, oh, it's the Spanish clients who caused the trouble. And then I thought I had a cultural problem, you know, and I was like, oh, God, you know, if I could just change the Spanish clients to not be so pushy, you know, because I think what happened, what I realized was that when I lived in Germany or in the UK or in Australia, people are in general sort of fairly considerate. So there was never, they never put you in a situation that you have to say no to something, you know, and, and that, and then if you say no, like, Oh, I'm sorry for even have, uh, having asked, whereas I found my Spanish clients, they wouldn't like they, if they want something, they ask for it. And even if I said, well, actually, you know, I'm busy with something else, wouldn't take that. Like they wouldn't take no for an easy answer. So I would cave in over and over again. So I then thought I had a cultural and because the, the, the thing always was that like, okay, if I say no, then ooh, she's going to get upset. And then she's going to, you know, Granada's a small place and she's going to tell everybody else about it. And before I know it, I'm hungry in the street, you know, no business, no nothing. And when I came to that point where everything basically went bottom up, I thought, you know what, if that means they're all going to stay away, then so be it. I'll just do something different, whatever. And it was really that whatever moment that got me to have sort of the courage to respond differently next time somebody came and said, oh, you know, can you bring the dress to the theater? And I said, no, sorry, can't do that. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll pick it up on Monday. And I'm like, hang on a second. And it really, that's when it sort of dropped off. Like, oh, and I'm like, I can't believe this. How many times did I work through the night or take on stuff? Because I, and that's what I could see that the pressure didn't come from Spanish or whatever clients. It came from the story that I'd made up, the, 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 the chain of consequences that I had constructed that would come over me if I said no. That's what caused the pressure. Gosh, I love that. I'm just kind of reflecting on something that I do too. And I do it in my relationships, my intimate relationships. It's exactly the same thing. Like I can't have that conversation because all of these things are going to happen and they're going to freak out and then they're going to freak out and then this is going to happen. And then I'm going to have to like deal with that. And I don't really want to deal with that. So I'm not going to say anything. I'll just much rather keep the peace. My thing is yeah. keep peace. Yeah. Now, I mean, at the bottom of it, it's it's my thing too. It's that it's that avoiding conflict, and that's been around, you know. And I mean, you know, you can sort of trace it back to some interpretation of some shit that happened when I was little. You know, I mean, I can sort of see where it comes from. But that avoiding conflict is huge. Yeah, I never, you know, and and that whole but realizing that no, 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 it wasn't what they said. It, was me assuming I know what they are thinking, mm. you know, and then realizing how often 
I was actually wrong because when I started to say no, most people were like, oh, okay, you know. And I'd never learned that part of the cultural difference that, yes, they are more pushy when they ask for things, but they're also really good at taking a no if they believe you, you know. And the other thing that, that, that dawned on me in that moment was that I always had that sense that they basically kind of walk all over me, you know, that kind of like, oh, poor old me. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm such a generous, you know, I do everything for you and you just basically don't appreciate me. There was always kind of that story and, and realizing, well, and I think in that whole exploration, it's when I stumbled across the three principles. And I think one of the first books I read was the relationship handle. And there was something that really hit me in the face something I, I don't even remember where exactly it was, but what I received was, hang on, you know, Mrs. Good Girl, you do, you do say yes and you do the thing, but Jesus, you resent the hell out of them. Like you're not, you're not all that generous, as generous as you think, you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. It's true. You know, I, I was doing it, but resentfully. And, when I started looking at it as thinking, oh, so I'm doing what I think they expect me to do in an attempt to manipulate them into liking me. (laughs) And all of a sudden the whole real life, like the more I saw that I have, I can't predict how I, what I'm going to think a minute from now, what makes me think I can predict what somebody else will think or whether or not they get upset or not. And that really sunk in, in a way that, well, okay. So then I might as well just say what's really going on. Yeah. It reminds me of a a story, a story or something that, that, that really showed me that too. Um, I was running these, effortless lifestyle and business program and one of the things that I really didn't want to do was have the calls in the evening because I've got my son and I really wanted to have the calls just during the day mm. and I thought well they're women in business so this shouldn't really be much of an issue because they've been it's not like they have to be at work or anything they can just take the time out when they want to but in the evening I just don't think it's the best time um and the only way I probably you know I just want to spend that time with my son but on the sales calls, they, I had a couple of women that said, yeah, no, the, uh, the, the day doesn't work for me. I want to do it in the evenings. And in the end, I was like, all right, then we'll do that then instead, just to kind of, you know, um, please them. Mm. And the irony of all of this was the ones that who decided to leave halfway through all the ones that actually wanted to do the ones in the evening. <laughs> and I was left with all the others who um, I thought, oh, gosh, well, you know, I have to still carry on. Until, until one afternoon, I was like, actually, let me just ask. And mm. they're like, oh, no, thank God. Like, we want it during the day. Yeah. And it, oh, that's funny. It was, it was such a big epiphany for me 
Mm-hmm. Because what I realized was, was that if it's not working for me, it can't be working for them either. Because that energy is felt. Yes, that's so true. And so the same, the thing is, is I have a different flavor of it and I get shown it time and time again and I get reminded. I'm like, oh, I'm doing that thing again, aren't I? <laughs> it's not like it's gone away. Hmm. What I notice is, is that I'm, there's, there's more like, oh yeah, all right. That doesn't work. Does it? No, I've been here before. That doesn't work. Just needed hmm. to be reminded again. So I w- went away with Leo to turn well and went, stayed the night, went to Albarathin, which is a beautiful town. And we left around about 5.30 in the evening. And I knew I had a webinar to do at 9.30 in the night. And I also knew that we had guests coming to the villa. And I also knew that I needed to put Leo to bed. And I got home. I'm like, yeah, taking everything in my stride. This is going to be fine. Well, the guests turned up when they turned up. They turned up at like five to nine when they said they'd be turning up at 8.30. Leo fell in the pool. I don't know if he was doing it because he thought it'd be funny or whether he just fell in the pool with his clothes on. And I got <laughs> I got all upset about it because I'm like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Now I'm going to have to do all of this. Um, then um, the guests arrive and... They look at the room, they look at the venue and they're like, this is not what we signed up for. So then I had to have this conversation. In the meantime, Leo's like going, mama, mommy, I'm going to bed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like going, oh my God, I'm having to deal with these people and I need to fit into bed and I've got this webinar. And it's already like 9.15, right? And so they finally leave. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to like deal with Leo. And he was the one that got the short straw. Because I then had to leave halfway through our ritual because I'm like, I've got to do this webinar now. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't work for me. This just doesn't work. Like, this just doesn't work. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be doing that again. Um, when I think that I can pack it all in, like, and, and, and it's, it's interesting to me because... Um, it's a different flavor, flavor of the same thing. Yeah. It's like I say, yes, 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 I can do that. 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 Yes. And I'm like, well, actually saying, yes, I can do this and this and this doesn't actually mean that I can because in past, I'm like, no, I've got, I need more space and I need more time. Um. So that was a, a massive sort of wake up call for me again. And um, so as a result of that, it's like an insight around planning when and where and what I'm doing yes. um, and what I'm, what, what, what I'm available for. I got asked this question recently and I love that question, which is what are you actually available for? Yeah, that's a great question, isn't it? I really resonate with with what you just said. You know, I want this. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. And I really had, like with the sewing business, that was like a huge problem because it wasn't always that people would pressure me into things. It's like there was also the other part of it where, you know, somebody 
you know, I really developed an app for me to con- like manage stuff, all the orders and when they're due and whatever. <laughs> and even had like, you know, okay, how much time will that take? So to have an idea of whether I can take on a new order or not, you know, and then somebody would ring me and talk about a project and I'm like, oh, I want to do it. <laughs> you know, I get them excited creatively, you know, and take on stuff because I get excited about <laughs> <laughs> and, and sort of kind of not taking into account that I might not, but I might actually be already too full on in the schedule to really, you know, I shouldn't, but I really want to, you know, like it wasn't even always that it was just people pressuring, like I was as guilty as well. But I think the the biggest breakthrough was really to recognize assumptions for what they are and realizing that the pressure when there's a sense of pressure or a sense of dread of a, of a, because it was always at the end of the day, it was like the, the dread of having to tell them that they can't have what they want. You know, and there's, there's the sense of like, okay, but you know, my job, it's my job to make sure they're happy with their costume and they're happy with the experience. And so where I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's not totally wrong, but you know, saying that I can't take the stuff where you want me on the day you want me to, that doesn't fall in there. And I think if I wanted, if I really want to be of service to my clients, then I have to look after myself as well because I can't make that their problem. You know, and that's something that was pretty alien <laughs> for me as well to even say, hang on, what is it that I actually need in order to be able to function? And then it begs the question of, can we really please people? Exactly. And I think that was really that big, the moment, that was really the thing that that dropped for me. The moment I said no for the first time, really kind of inside shivering, but at the same time, like too fed up to care. And she goes, okay. And I really realized, well, actually, and knowing what I know now, about how a pleasant or unpleasant reaction experience is created, it seems like almost stupid to think that I can please somebody by doing what I think they want. So tell us a little bit more about that, because obviously, you know, I know what you're talking about, but for those that are listening, maybe this is the first episode that they're listening to, they may not. So what do you mean by knowing what you know now about knowing that we create our experience through thought in the moment and everybody lives in their own everybody lives in their own little thought bubble and i can't see what's going on for somebody else i only have this tiny little glimpse of an of an idea of what's going on for them And I have no way to predict what will and won't please or upset them. And that was really something that I thought, yeah. Like when I try and guess, I'm actually wrong most of the, like not most of the time, but like a lot more often than I thought. Because I had always felt so certain that I knew how they were going to react. So I know them really well and I know she's going to get. Yeah. You know. 
But they go up and down, right? Like we all do. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, when you, and I, I really love it when, when I observe myself in traffic, I think it's a classic. You know, you're driving along and you have a really nice day and, you know, they just heard your favorite song and somebody cuts you off, you know, and you go, oh, for God's sake, you know, little bugger. And you just happily, you know, keep singing and you keep driving along and it's just a non-issue. And you have another day when you're in a different, you're preoccupied with something and the same person cuts you off the same way and you feel like jumping out of the car and punching them in the nose, you know. and and it depends on, like it, like it, go, it, it's that ebb and flow that we all go through, and that we can't control, and I can't control. I can't tell you whether you know somebody not showing up for an appointment, whether that upsets me or not. Well, it depends. Some days it upsets me, other days it doesn't. You know, and to realize, well, actually, other people function in exactly the same way. And there's something in this, I, I kind of heard this ages ago, but it, it kind of comes to mind, which is this sense that misunderstanding is an opportunity for deeper connection. Mm. Yes. So even if we act and there is a, re- a reaction that comes from, a, from another, from someone else, mm. depending on where they are, their state of mind is or what have you, um, there is the opportunity there to better understand what's going on for them, right? That's so, true. case in point that comes to mind for me is actually a conversation I had recently with my um, ex partner. And we were talking about the experience that we were both in when we were together. And his experience of it was very much like he felt very alone. Mm. And I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea that that's what he was experiencing. He would share with me that he wanted to spend more time with me. But my experience of it was this, that every time I asked him to hang out with me, he would say no. Mm. I say every time. It seemed to me like it was every time, especially if I was with Leo. So when Leo was around the weekends or whatever, I'd be like, let's go and do this. And he would say, no, I don't want to. So to me, my experience of this relationship was also very lonely. So we were both having a very similar experience. And our behaviors were, <laughs> were just fueling that, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, um, I'm so sorry. Like that was, the weird thing is, is that I only ever wanted you to come on the trips with me. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, wow. I, I wanted to spend time with you. And he was really, he was really surprised by that. And then I was really surprised by the fact that he felt the way that he did. Mm. But the interesting thing was, is that past conversations that we'd had were very much like 
we never spent, you never spend any time with me. I want more time with you. And then I'd get defensive and I'd be like, well, you, whenever I ask you, you say no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we both felt very unheard. We both felt very, um, And all and all this time, like this, this, this conversation comes up, which is I was too afraid to even have those conversations with him because I thought it would rock the boat. But what's interesting to me is, is that conversation that we had on Monday, that flavor of where we were both sitting in that moment with nothing on our minds, or at least nothing was on my mind. And the conversation just emerged. It wasn't even that we were planning it or mm. it was something that had, you know, I'd gone right now we have to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. It just emerged and I've really heard something in what he said. And what I heard is I needed to give more time and space to this conversation that we never had. Really, that's what, what I heard the behaviors are less interesting to me, but what I heard was that we never really sat down to talk about this in this way. Yeah. But it is true when, you know, so you get to that sort of point at the, yeah. <laughs> that was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I thought- my mind is person, perfectly capable of doing that. <laughs> now, actually, reminds me of of like some experiences I had. Like I had, <laughs> and I'm thinking back of these to these dramas with it, with those with those. Like there was a there, it was a group of little little dancer girls and the mothers, right? Their biggest nightmare. Because they, you know, they get all anxious, and then everybody dumps their shit onto the dressmaker, basically. And there was a situation where it was basically a misunderstanding. It was the teacher not wanting to say what was really going on because she thought, because I told her I was going to be, you know, I won't be there at at four o'clock because I'm still at the other school. So I won't be there till like four twenty or something, and then I on the way on the way from one school to another, I get this frantic call. Where are you? You know, like being really yelled at, basically. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I told you, and I was going to be late, and you know why. And I get there, and these mothers are just like, you know, and because I'd wasted half an hour or twenty minutes of their precious time, and and. I kind of felt like I'm basically, you know, bending over backwards here to shuffle all this around. And there was one mother who would literally yell at me, you know, and tell me all sorts of things. And I remember actually for the first time in my, I don't know whether it's for the first time in my life, but it was like one of the rare cases where I would actually basically talk back rather than just sort of swallowing it all up and then, you know, going over and over that conversation, all the things I should have said and would have said. So I actually said all the things that I wanted to say. So I kind of 
went home sort of fairly, well, I didn't swallow it all. I didn't hold back and I wasn't too afraid to not say because then she'd be more upset and whatever. So I kind of felt okay, but I also knew I had to speak with her again the day after. And when I met her, then I was outside of the school. It was just, you know, somewhere to drop off the dress. And she came and was almost like a different woman. You know, and all of a sudden she'd say, well, actually, you know, like I had my leg broken and I'm not supposed to even be here. And, you know, and she was in the middle of a divorce and no money and, you know, and it really kind of that, what you just said, there is this like possibility for a connection. And all of a sudden we ended up hugging each other, you know where the day before we basically yelled at each other. But it was like I saw her in a totally different light. And I could see, and it really was how often was I there to judge somebody's way of, you know, asking for something and somebody's way of doing something and really realizing, like, how little do I actually know about what's going on for them? And... I got the sense that she had a similar experience and we both were, you know, I hadn't just run 20 minutes, you know, with, with 15, 20 kilo back on my shoulders and, you know, and she was calm and it was like an entirely different situation and I, uh, like an entirely different relationship. And there was like 24 hours in between and, how it made it really clear how when you're sort of in the middle of it, you can't see mm-hmm. all the other stuff. All you can see is what, you know, what you've got on your mind in that moment. And so, and the same happens for the other person as well. Yeah. And I didn't see that. Right. I really didn't see that. I was just seeing what my situation was and where I was sitting and how um, how lonely I was feeling. Yeah. And every time I approached, I would get a no. And if I, there was a yes, I would kind of think, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would be like, I don't, why this should even be an issue. Mm. Surely we should be wanting to spend time together. That's the whole point, isn't it? So, yeah, it was just a lack of understanding as opposed to anything else. But there's something else in this, and I, and I guess... There is, you know, misunderstanding is an opportunity for a deeper connection only if both parties are willing to participate. Yes. Because if the other party does not want to participate in the exploration of that, then you've got nowhere to go. I mean, it still opens up a lot for you, though. Like, without even... Like you, you're able to see the other person 
differently. Differently, definitely. The moment you yeah. remember that actually you only I only ever do the best I can given the way the world looks to me in that moment. And the, the moment I remember that that's also true for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's so I, I don't know, like, and I think it gets worse the, the, the more close the relationship is. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, uh... why, you know, it's like, it's funny. I can be so compassionate with, you know, basically anybody. Except, except my, like, I think, I, I don't know, I'm probably not as harsh with anybody except, like, <laughs> <You're kind of. laughs> yeah, I don't know, and myself, probably, you know, so it's that, I think it's sort of the closer it gets, there's more expectations than, than, than we have on other people, I don't know, it seems, it seems harder to, to take that step back and think, okay, so, you know, what must be going on in your mind for that to make sense? Hmm. Hmm. So have you found that, that sort of, you know, this people-pleasing journey, because it is a journey, isn't it? It's not like yeah. you wake up one day and it's all gone. It may well be that you have a different perspective on it. You may just find yourself doing that silly thing again. No, I'm doing it again. How has it changed? What are the implications of that for you in terms of your business? Um, yeah. I'd say like a 180 degree shift mm. because it was from me resenting mm. basically all my clients. You know, and then, and then that, you know, if, if, like, imagine you resent all the clients you work with, you know, like, (laughs) much fun, you know, and, and then the next step sort of was a bit like, okay, I'm just gonna say no if I wanna say no and say yes if I wanna say yes. And I no longer care whether you get upset about it or whether you tell anybody about it or whatever the thing is, I don't care. And, because sort of really like that that idea that that I can't predict what will upset somebody like that really sunk in with every time I'd sort of my like my my guess of how they'd react every time that was wrong I was like hmm you know maybe I should just give up (laughs) and because that's the thing is like yeah I don't know what day they had and whether they've had an argument with their partner or whether they've had the kid sick or whatever, you know, I have no way of knowing that. So I really can't predict how they will react to whatever I'm saying. So, so I might just say that I have no time to finish that until what, you know, for whatever. And, and then I thought what would happen. It was like really funny thinking back how often I was wrong with stuff. (laughs) Because in the moment you feel so right, like you're so certain that what you kind of experience is right. And then I thought, well, okay, if I now basically turn off all these people, you know, who will get upset, so they will go away, then at least I have space for new people and, and you know, different people to come to come in. What I found was that hardly anybody left as a client. 
And the most surprising thing was that, like, all of a sudden, I, I thought, whoa, isn't that funny how they're all, all so nice all of a sudden? You know, and then I thought, ah, so now that they kind of notice that they can't push the dressmaker around anymore, you know, that I've sort of put my foot down and I've kind of found my place to sort of, you know, not be walked over. Now, all of a sudden, they're so much nicer, mm. you know. And then I saw, and that was sort of really humbling. I was like, that was always there. It was just, I could never see it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting, right? Like, when you spend more time in that true self, the self that sees things more clearly and or just sees things as they are. Um, the way that people respond to you really changes. And I've seen this so many times. Like when I, it's really funny, actually, when I was at the 3PGC conference, which is the Three Principles conference um, in L.A., uh, we came out floating in a really beautiful feeling, you know, three days of just listening to wow. the old the old school, right? And, um, I mean, just really the things that happened from there on in when I walked out was just incredible. So the first thing was my Uber thing didn't work. And um, we were supposed to be getting a, a taxi to the airport. And it was like, it's not working, it's not working. Anyway, there was a guy who was standing at the uh we were going to get a taxi. And, but this, this guy overheard the conversation. He's like, are you going to LAX? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, you know, just, just, get into our, just get into my Uber. My company's paying, so just come along with me. So that was like a free ride. And then um, at the airport, for some reason, I went in to get a cookie and a coffee. And went to the store and for some reason the card wasn't working and I'm like, Oh God. And they're like, we only take cash. I'm like, you only take cash. What? And I said, well, I've just bitten into the cookie and I've got this coffee. And then (laughs) she then went to sort of speak to the manager. The manager got him out and she said, it's on the house. I can't begin to tell you the amount of times that this has happened to me where people just want to give me freebies. They want to give me discounts. They. (laughs) (laughs) That's like winning the lottery, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. I'm really happy with that. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, But what I really noticed was when I came back and the next day, Leo, my son, was just gravitating towards me all of the time and hugging me and kissing me and not that he doesn't do that but just Mm. more so and what I noticed about that was like wow when I'm in a beautiful feeling when I'm in a feeling of my true self when I'm in that place of I don't need anything outside of me I'm whole right now in this moment like in every single moment that does something. Yeah. Not only for you, but everybody that's around you, the business, the results, um, 
the clients, the discounts. Yeah. People seem to respond differently to you. Sure. Makes it really easy then, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the only person that's got to do anything is you. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like the only thing we need to do is just really listen to see if we see something new and have an insight and then things change and then the world around you yeah. seems to respond in a very different way to the way that it was responding to you before. That's so true. Yeah. So this idea of pleasing people is, is almost like the antithesis of what we want, right? It's almost the, the irony of this is we want to please people, but actually when we sit in a beautiful feeling, that's when that actually kind of shows up naturally. Exactly. Yeah. And sort of that trying to somehow manipulate somebody's thinking, my own or theirs, somehow doesn't make sense anymore. And that's how the whole issue kind of dissolves. Yeah, I love that. You know, I I rent out the villa here in the summer and we, I was talking about it this morning, we get, um, we get rated. And so, um, we've had tens, we've had sevens, we've had sixes and fives and whatever. And usually what I, what I, what I, if there's a common thread in the, in the, in the, in the comments, I go, okay, that's something I need to look at. Um, but in the past I would take it really personally, right? It'd be like, oh my God, we've got a five. Ah. Um, <laughs> but then I would look to see, did I really connect with the people that came to the villa? Did mm-hmm. I actually spend any time with them? And usually the people that I spent time with, they're the ones that gave us a turn. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. And so, but of course, there are people that you gravitate towards and other people that you're like, nah, nah. Um, But interestingly enough, this one, this is a 2.5, like, and she put horrible, right? She went into all of the detail, every single detail as to why this was a horrible place to the point where she fabricated. Like she said, oh, you have to pay 10 euros for the parking. No, you don't. You haven't paid 10 euros. It's complimentary. But to me, what I saw in that, in, in, in where she went, said more about her state of mind than it did about the yeah. place. Absolutely. Yeah. She wrote that when she was pissed off, angry and upset. So she thought, yeah. I'd... Yeah, I'll really throw one in there, yeah. And I could tell, like, the detail. <laughs> the detail that she went into, like, even to the point where the sheets make a noise. <laughs> <laughs> so she could basically use a bit of people-pleasing because then she would have thought all those things but not felt the need to say... <laughs> And so what I realized was, is how the hell am I going to control somebody's experience of them to be having a great time at two o'clock in the morning? I don't, I wasn't even here. So it it kind of suggests to me that when I stop wanting to control how other people perceive their own lives, there's a space for me to kind of go, oh my God, you must have been in a really pissed off, wankered mood in that moment when you wrote that, as opposed to going, oh my God. She's totally right. She wasn't. She was completely in la-la land with the description. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense, doesn't 
Yeah, but it's so much lighter and easier to run a business in a way where you're like, actually, yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying and that makes sense to me as opposed to, oh my God, oh my God. And of course, there are times that we get, we get caught up in that personal, right? When we're tired, when we're angry, when we're upset. It's not like we've got this down. It's just yeah. there is an opportunity for us to spend less time in that Absolutely. over-analysis. And you come back, like, I think once you've sort of realized, actually, I'm making assumptions. You know, when, well, I think once you recognize an assumption for an assumption, you'll still make them at times, you know, but you won't ever take it as, as fact, as a given, as a firm truth as you did before. You'll still go there, you know. But there's a lot of, hang on, you know, is that really true? <laughs> you know, and you catch yourself, and I think you catch yourself sooner. And like the, the, if the more you're in your head, the less you catch yourself. But as you sort of settle down again, think, oh, hang on, you know, am I just carrying on? <laughs> and it just loses the whole heaviness. So, my love, thank you for today. It's been a wonderful conversation, which I hope that you, the listeners, would have got a lot out of. If somebody wants to reach out to you, wants to talk more about this, wants to um, connect, how can they do that? The easiest way would be my website, ankerherman.com. They could also check out my podcast or go to passionbusinesspodcast.com, which takes you back to the website. I'm active on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook. Pretty easy to find. Pretty cool. So all of those uh, links will be in the show notes anyway. So you can just click on the link and you'll be taken over there. So thank you so much, Anke. It was a beautiful, beautiful conversation, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And everybody who's been listening, thank you so much for showing up today. And until the next time, bye-bye for now. And there we have it, another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may well enjoy the book as well. You can either download a free chapter, www.marinapearson.com slash chapter, where I go into much more depth into how we can create more time and space as mum. And if that doesn't fly and you're more curious about getting the entire book, then you can do that too at www.marinapearson.com slash book. Until the next time, remember, you are the joy you seek. Thank you.